right, welcome into DFS MVP. Holden Kushner here, TJ Hernandez, getting you ready just a couple of weeks away from kickoff the 2019 season. TJ, you knew I was going to love that song, baby. I love Hello Nasty, one of the great albums in the history of the world. Thank you for playing that. One of the great albums and one of the great singles of all time, Intergalactic by Beastie Boys. You mentioned Hello Nasty, their 1999 album. You could find that song as well as all of the intro music from the DFS MVP on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or check out my Twitter. I'm always tweeting out the Spotify link along with the podcast link. Before we get into it today, Rake Free Daily Fantasy is here, available only on Fantasy Draft, where 100% of Entry fees are paid to contest winners. For a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free contests. Go to FantasyDraft.com, use promo code 444, that's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, to claim your free seven-day trial today. All right, a couple things. First of all, I recommend the song Dr. Lee, Ph.D. Mm-hmm. on, on uh, Hello Nasty. Doesn't get talked about at all. Wonderful song. Second of all, I'm trying to get to 15,000 followers before the end of the season. So I'm at 14.75 right now. <laughs> so at Holden Radio. There. Make me happy. At Holden Radio. Uh, anyways, here we go. We're going to build. We're going to talk about how to build a cash game lineup mm-hmm. using the 4 for 4 lineup generator. And we got other tools as well, stack values, leverage scores. And I will say this, um, it, you really have to take a little bit of time and go through them and actually try and play around with some of the tools we have on the 4 for 4 site because they really have benefited me, They're, especially the, the leverage scores. This is something that really uh, has helped me in my game. Also, if you don't have the package already, you want the DFS package, sign up right now. Go to 444.com and use the code DFSMVP. DFSMVP, you get 10% off. What about the rate and review there, the T-shirt giveaway, TJ? Yeah, if you like what we're doing and uh, you you end up liking the DFS MVP uh, podcast, the DFS subscription, you want to rep the 4 for 4 crew, you can do so by rating and reviewing, giving a five-star review, automatically get your name entered to a contest to win one of our super soft, super comfy, uh, super stylish 4 for 4 swag t-shirts. This week's winner is, uh, I believe it's Zero John Zero. They look like zeros. O John O, either one, uh, left us a, a real nice five-star review so uh john hit me up on twitter at tj hernandez i'll get you hooked up with the details for that free four for four swag nice i like that uh for the new listeners here's what we usually do every week during the regular season we're going to touch on a few core plays at every position for the main slate followed by a theory segment and in the preseason we touched on general game theory hit on some refreshers like bankroll lineup game selection how to use the four for four tools so, uh, TJ, I mean, listen, this is this is what we do. This is how we get you ready for the DFS season. Yeah, that's what we do. And uh, before we get ready for the DS- DFS season, uh, there is a really big season-long tournament, the biggest one ever, as a matter of fact. And if you want to play the $3.5 million best ball championship on draft with a grand prize of $1 million, just search for draft in the App Store or go to draft.com and get a free entry into the best ball championship when you make your first deposit with promo code 4 for 4 Do you think you have what it takes? Then draft today for a shot at $1 million jackpot. All right, so let's talk about building the cash game lineup because you and I 
um, play a lot of cash games. I mean, yep. there's some guys out there that strictly play tournaments. Like, yeah. screw my bankroll. I'm hitting <laughs> home runs. And a lot of guys are actually really successful. Not yeah. a lot. Some guys are really successful at it. You and I, uh, I think we got a lot of the same theory. I think your your bankroll, you play with a little bit more money than I do, but it's ca- it's cash games, man. It's cash games. And I will give you one other tip that you should not ever forget. Make sure you throw your cash game lineup in a tournament. Even if it's a $5 tournament, single entry, make sure you do it. Because if your your lineup goes off for 195 points and you're sitting there just playing it in cash, that's that's going to piss you off a whole bunch. Anyways, yeah. yeah no, right? I, that, no, that's a good point. I mean, we've talked about it so many times, but DFS, it's a, it's a game of exponential growth. Like, sure, you want to be able to, and we talk about cash games, you want to be able to grind out a steady profit, and that's why we're here because that should be your main focus, being a consistent winner. But doing these things to give you that exponential growth, that's how you start to really build your bankroll um, and really move up in levels because if, if you're, if you're, bankroll is a hundred dollars and you throw your cash lineup even if it's into a to a one dollar tournament and first place or second place is only a hundred dollars two hundred dollars you've just increased your bankroll by a hundred percent two hundred percent and now you could play exponentially higher levels and if you keep doing that you're hit a couple times when consistently all of a sudden you're playing in the thousands just with a couple a uh, couple hits and that could even happen within the course of a season so um, it's definitely a, a really good note to think about and before we get into this uh, Basically, what we're going to go through is is the fact that if you're on four for four, you can really automate most of your processes. And I'm going to tell you the the logic you should be have behind all of these things. But one thing I I always hit on, whether it's uh, on a podcast or or a, a weekly breakdown, is. Like, in my process, you should be doing your own research before you listen to this podcast, before you listen, before you read any of my articles, uh, because that's how you really help to discern and, and do things uniquely. Um, but now that we got out that out of the way, let's get into some of the specifics. All right. So you're selecting a player pool mm-hmm. here and we're doing this for cash. This is your cash yep. game lineup. So um, I think everybody has their process differently. Yeah. And I want to hear your process, actually, because... For me, maybe I'm just not as strict on, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm going to start every single week. I'll usually just look at, you know, the prices of every player. I'll go down, I'll make a couple of notes, you know, and after that, I don't know. I, I don't usually say, all right, I'm going to build it. I'm going to start at quarterback here. I'm going to make this my core plays. You know, for me, it's a, it's, it's a, it's kind of like an amoeba. It changes every mm-hmm. single week The the process, you know, as the week goes on is, is the same, but how about this? Where do you start? Is it with your top values? Yeah, absolutely. And and you make a good point. It's it's different week to week and it's really different year to year at this point. The game has evolved so much and players and, and technology has advanced so much that, uh, I mean, the generic rules, it's still good to know the foundation, um, paying up for running backs and cash games, looking for wide receiver values, uh, looking for quarterback matchups like those fundamentals are always going to uh, going to be our starting point. Uh, but there's everybody knows that. So we need to find a way to to kind of uh, get an edge and, and have a unique process and when we're looking for our top values i mean the that's a twofold process like who are your top uh values in terms of these 
uh, values that open up because of injury or a new starter. Those are the obvious ones. Uh, and then who are our core plays? Like some of the most expensive players are often the best values. So uh, value doesn't always mean the cheapest or the best point per dollar. Um, usually where I'm starting with is is my free squares because that's really going to tell me uh, where I'm going to, how I'm going to build my lineup, where I'm going to be able to spend up at, where I could spend down at. And we're not always going to have uh, these obvious free squares. And when I say free square, basically what we're talking about is uh, if there's like a midweek injury to a running back and there's a very clear backup that's minimum price say on DraftKings uh, $4,500 running back backing up a $9,000 running back all of a sudden that's a free square we have someone that's minimum salary that's going to get 20 touches uh, but week to week some of these like quote-unquote free squares really vary whether it be uh, position um, or, or or like a, a team but what I'm really looking at is positions if it's a if it's a chalky running back uh, free square that's a spot that I'm usually going to eat the chalk at just because we can confidently project that running back for whatever that may be 15 to 20 touches and to give up that value is a little bit foolish now if it's something like a wide receiver or a tight end where everybody is saying uh you know uh julio jones is out so all of a sudden you have to play muhammad sanu because he's been priced well wide receiver there's other players at that position there's other pass catchers it's not as simple at running back where they automatically absorb all the volume of the injured uh number one wide receiver so i i might be more inclined to to fade the public there but then we get into uh the expensive values that aren't aren't always going to show up in the point per dollar projections and this is where four for four really comes in handy because uh back in the day when we were first getting into to dfs and people were first kind of starting to talk about um how to build lineups what we were looking at was we were, we were looking for these players or teams to hit value. So um, on DraftKings, you were, you might be looking for a target of 3x value, meaning you have $50,000 for your salary and you want to hit uh, a 150 point projection. On FanDuel, $60,000 salary, you want to hit a 120 point projection. Uh, and then people automatically extrapolated that just to players. You need players to hit 3x their salary. And in theory, that makes sense. But salary and value is not analogous uh, across even positions and salaries. Like a $9,000 running back shouldn't hit the same value as a $4,500 uh, running back. If you're looking for 3x out of that running back, it, it's it's going to be hard to project your $9,000 running back for 27 points and your $4,500 running back for um, – for whatever it is, like 13-ish points. Yeah, you, you you actually want way more than that out of your cheap players. So what 4 for 4 does is we take a baseline score generated by historical salary-based scoring averages, and then we compare the projected points to that baseline. So basically we're putting everybody on the same playing field, and now we could compare players uh, at the same position with very different salaries or across positions. So now we have a, a really good idea of who the real best values are. So we might have, again, we might have that free square running back uh, men's salary, and across the board any website you look at they're going to project as the best point per dollar value and even to new dfs players that's going to be very obvious and on four for four you might see that the top two priced running backs are actually better values relative to their historic expectation and that's where it becomes very important now we know where we should be putting our priority in terms of value 
Tony Pollard, by the way, is 4,500 on draft <laughs> Yeah, there's the uh, yeah. week one. So there you go. We'll and, probably be talking about him. Yeah, I'm sure we will be. I'm sure we will be. I wish I could have like, you know, it's kind of like best ball. I wish I could have just locked in a, a tournament uh, Man. lineup and lock it off so that I could have just kept this team right through week one because I would have had Pollard and Darwin Thompson and all these guys. I've tweeted at the websites the last couple of years. I didn't do it this year. They're obviously ignoring me. DraftKings and FanDuel, Fantasy Draft, Yahoo, anybody that wants to listen to me. <laughs> when, when, when prices release, we should do a uh, uh, tournament lock that week for yes. week one. Like yes. that would be such a good tournament. Even if it's a small tournament, you're going to get a ton of interest. You're going to get people building lineups right away. And then there's so much advantage. You're going to have like, if, if you are, if you have the balls to lock in the Tony Pollard 75% against a team that does that and you max enter, like that's a huge edge. And it's, it's really fun. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's some reason that the sites don't do it. There's something I'm, I'm missing here. Maybe they're just more worried about the casual complaint, but man, uh, imagine if, if there was a tournament that locked two weeks ago. Yeah. It would have been great because yeah, basically not? All, all I do for my fantasy first podcast, I read and I listen to press conferences and you just hear stuff that coaches have been saying for so long. And I'm telling you right now, even when Zeke comes back, Tony Pollard is going to have a role in that offense. I'm not, and, he's going to spell him. And it's one of those situations where I know we're going on tangent here, yeah, but, it's, it's all right. I like but, it. but there's, I mean, it's so early in the season. If they, if they make us a, a contest that lost locks one week after salaries release, everyone talks about how everyone has the same information and there's the edge is shrinking. Most websites don't have week one projections up when those salaries are out. So most people don't even have lineup generators. So I, I think it makes the field a little more even and just based on research. <sighs> Holler at me, um, marketing teams. <laughs> I'm it. open. I absolutely. I mean, it'd just be awesome. And it's not like a best ball a whole season. It's a, it's a week yeah. one best ball. But it's locked four weeks early. It's yeah. Just, all right. Anyways, we get, let's get back. That's so exciting. I just want to talk about that for an hour. Anyways, um, so we're talking about comparing price. You know, it's same position. You're looking for values, yeah. etc. But let's get to the site pricing then mm-hmm. um, that I'm looking at because I want to figure out how much does it matter if one guy is priced up on FanDuel, but he's a massive value on DraftKings. Yeah. So so there's there's two. Um, different things that we're looking for here when we're evaluating site pricing one we're looking at those uh those cross-site values depending on on uh how many sites you're playing on or or what site you're playing on and we talked about this uh when FanDuel pricing released if you want to go back two episodes and and listen to that um the reason that we're looking for these bargains is because if you are building a um a, a portfolio of players across multiple sites playing multiple sites. Um, if one player's priced up and one site priced down on the other site, then that's obviously a, a value opportunity uh, for you in a couple of ways. One where the players priced down, if you're playing cash games and you want some exposure to him, but not a ton of exposure, then you could have exposure to him where he's cheap in cash games um, and not have exposure to him where he's expensive on the other side. So you're naturally diversifying your lineups, uh, but you're also, um, you're also not for, Forcing value or being overexposed to a player that you're not necessarily in love with. And then another thing that we're looking for in this site pricing uh, is whether, and this is a little bit more um, art than science, and it takes a, a little more experience to, to have a good feel for this, but um, it's 
you're looking to see if salaries are tight or loose on the site. And that can kind of give you an idea of one, how much, uh, how much cash games you want to play in, in my opinion. And, and I think this has been backed by scores, uh, for myself and from other experts and, and some arguments that I've had where they've came back to me and said, they actually agree with me after the fact is that when salaries are loose, I want to play less of my total bankroll and I want to play a uh, less cash game, uh, percentage of my bankroll just because it's a higher variance game. It basically, the, the looser a salary is, uh, the closer that it comes to sort of a pick em where people are just rostering a bunch of studs, but also, uh, what it does in evaluating where these values are at is it lets me decide how I'm going to build my, my lineup. So if, um, if there's say a, a couple free squares at wide receiver, a couple really cheap wide receivers I like, but I'm not finding uh, a running back value, then I might be more inclined to force maybe like two high priced running backs, uh, locking those players into my lineup generator, uh, into my cash games, just because uh, there isn't, an, I'd rather say pay, I don't know, $17,500 for two running backs than just kind of search for uh, thin marginal value on a running back that really doesn't have the floor or the upside of those two expensive guys. Whereas, yeah, you might give up one of those expensive guys if you can you can get a couple $4,500 guys. But if you're just dropping down to, a say, a $7,000 guy, that might not be a very savvy move. So um, evaluating where those, those values are at and what it means to uh, not just your exposure to the players, but how you're going to build your lineups is something that uh, I think is going to come with experience, but something you should really be thinking about. Let's just say there's no more injuries or mm-hmm. you know, no more yeah. holdouts, anything yeah. like that. So with week one coming up, and for me, it's kind of gone back and forth. I had a ton of week ones where I was very successful. Uh, last year, I don't think I did well in week one. Um, normally, I'll just go and, and play the cash. I'll, I'll keep mm-hmm. it 90-10 still, 90% cash. Yeah. But you're going to see a Tony Pollard out there. Maybe someone's going to jam in an Eckler or a Justin Jackson. So are you going to cut back on cash in week one? Is that your thing? So week one is probably the most unique in terms of, um, relating my, my bankroll strategy to, uh, pricing specifically because week one is also where you're going to see the most new money and the most, uh, the, the highest number of novice players. I mean, there's people earlier in the season, the faster people are going to blow their load, the, the more they're going to want to chase those, those big, um, tournaments. And it's very analogous to like the old, um, the old poker games, uh, back when like poker stars and fan, um, sorry, uh, full tilt were running, uh, Sundays, like the Sunday tournaments, the, the worst players are chasing those tournaments, but there's also a trickle down effect to cash games. So basically it's a long way of saying like, no, I'm actually going to keep my, my mix pretty similar to what I, I usually would, even though salaries might be pretty loose, you're going to have a generally a higher influx of uh, new players. And I think for the most part that should offset it. All right. So uh, let's keep going here. And uh, you brought up a point here, looking at the, the ownership, which is new in the four for four generator this year. I mean, how does it, how does that factor into um, the generator? Looking at ownership and how does that come up with value? Yeah, so uh, yeah, new to the four for four lineup generator, the final column in the lineup generator, we're automatically going to import uh, the player's projected ownership. 
uh, and so you'll be able to see what how often they're expected to be. Um, the they're they're projected for the biggest tournaments, um, but uh, that that should translate a lot to to cash games, um, at least relatively speaking. So the highest owned players, um, even if the percentage isn't the same, you're, you're obviously in some cash games you'll see a, a player owned like 70 percent. That's not never going to happen in a GPP, but you can still see the, who the highest owned players are going to be. Um, and looking at ownership is a little counterintuitive for cash games, but you talked about this a couple weeks ago, uh, kind of switching your cash game approach to being a little bit higher variance. So something that you can, you can look at again, our, our lineup generators automatically, automatically going to sort these players by values. So if you have, uh, two very similarly priced players and four for four values them very similarly, but there's a big gap in expected ownership, then uh, you might actually have an advantage even in cash games to take that lower owned player, especially if you're someone that's playing exclusively or the majority of head to heads, because uh, you do have an incentive, a dollar incentive, the, the more points you score, the more head to heads you're going to win uh, to be slightly contrarian as long as you're not giving up value again this isn't going contrarian for the sake of being contrarian like you would in in a a gpp we're not looking for like a five percent owned stack or a five percent owned player but if you have a a Le'Veon bell versus a um i don't know whoever it might be versus an ezekiel elliott and ezekiel elliott's like gonna expected to be like 40% owned and Le'Veon Bell's just not that popular for whatever reason. Maybe it's early in the season and people are just scared of him being on the jets, but we have them valued very similarly and priced very similarly. It might be a good idea to play Le'Veon over Zeke in those cash games. All right. So that's another thing that you can look at with the tools on mm-hmm. four for um, Here's something else. Now this is interesting. Maybe it speaks to the point you just had, mm-hmm. but when you're looking at game totals and things like that, yeah, um, you can actually target games where you don't have the same values, and maybe right. that does tie into to a game totals. Maybe it doesn't, but mm-hmm. you know, how do you work that into your cash game lineup? Yeah, what I'm, I mean, one of the first things in my research I'm looking at is uh, which teams are favored, which teams are expected to score the most points. Uh, that isn't always going to translate into a, a lineup generator. A lineup generator is based on our projected points, which are always going to be very accurate. And based on their salary, that's going to project the top values relative to their um, histor- historical expectation. What that doesn't account for is um, sometimes you might have specific games you want to target. And uh, this this is going to go for like the highest price players, like the Zeeks and, and the Le'Veons of the world. Like They're going to be high values and we shouldn't um, uh, avoid them for whatever reason. And, and their uh, obvious positive game script is going to be accounted into their, um, into their, their Vegas totals or whatnot. But if there, say there's a situation where there aren't uh, any free squares where they're just, we're really struggling to find our, our cheap plays or our cheap values. We might look for a situation where there's a, um, a, a game total or a, a, a spread that we like, but a specific player in that offense might not pop in the value report. If I'm targeting those games, then I can go and look to see who are the cheap players in that game and find my values from there. And even though they don't pop in the value uh, report, they might just be someone that's in a game situation where, say you 
if you don't have a piece of the Chiefs offense, you feel like you're really missing out, uh, but you can't afford their expensive players. You might look for those those cheap options, and the the four for four lineup generator lets you just filter by those games. So uh, it just it's something to think about as a way to to look for value where they might not pop. You might be building your lineup, but just might not see Sammy Watkins in the top uh, uh, ten values, but you just might really want a piece of that Chiefs offense, and that might be a way just to to get a cheap play uh, where other people might not be on that. Yeah. And here's something very important too: um, the generated lineups. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this across the industry. Uh, You know, a lot of people in this industry, I know a lot of people in this industry and just purely hitting an optimized lineup and putting it into your cash game lineup is a horrible idea. Yes. Okay. It's, It's, it's not, it's more often than not, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's one. It's a. It's very basic. It's so rudimentary. It's just not recommended. You're gonna lose a lot if you just do an optimal lineup. You have to put work into it. So let's talk about that or have you talk about that here for a second, TJ? Because it's not a smart thing to do. You have to put work into it. You just can't hit an optimal lineup and think it's gonna pay off. If it, if you did, right. then everybody would be a winner. Right. And and I mean you do see. Um sites promoting themselves that way and i think that that could be a little dangerous for the average user because then they're they're basically just looking for for um a lineup to to do without thinking and and uh it's dangerous because you're just not thinking about the kind of games you're playing the the um the fundamentals you should be looking for in those type of games um and it's it's kind of it's almost the same as not doing your research beforehand uh you don't want to do you don't want to build a lineup without doing research you don't want to just blindly uh hit a lineup generator as well even if uh even if you have done a little bit of research um when you combine those things together uh you can have some some really good results um but the optimal play might not be the best lineup to play uh so that's not an indictment on a lineup generator or the four for four lineup generator, but you have to understand like what a lineup generator is doing. If, if you have a, uh, let's say you have a 25 person player pool, there are literally thousands of iterations of those teams and those player combinations, uh, that are going to, to be possible. And we're going to spit out up to 500 of them on four for four, uh, with 50 displayed on, on the front page. You can download the other 450, but you understand the top lineup uh, on that page that you're looking at. I just ran this before we started with our week one values and the lineup 50. So uh, the the top lineup and the 50th best lineup, they're separated by 1.3 projected points. And in terms of point projections, that's literally nothing. That's that's one dropped pass from one of your receivers. Uh, so to, to go about that like that and just think the top one is the best one, um, that's definitely a fool's game. You, you want to... The, the way I do it is I, I select my player pool. I go through all the processes that we talked about, um, and I hit that generate lineup tab. And the reason I'm, I'm using a lineup generator isn't necessarily to give me the, the highest projected score. It's so I don't have to build all these lineups by hand and compare them side by side myself. I could compare them side by side very quickly, but then go through these fundamental things and see what I'm looking for. So uh, the things I'm thinking about are what kind of games am I playing? Am I playing a head to head? Am I playing a double up? Am I playing a 50 50? Are those double ups a 50 50 single entry or multi entry? All those things are going to change some things you might be looking for in your lineups. If you're playing a double up, um, I'm sorry, if you're playing a 50 single entry 50 50, where the top 50% of the league wins, it doesn't matter how many points 
you score, you just have to be in the top 50%. You might not want to take on as much risk as if you're playing um, a huge multi-entry contest or if you're only playing head-to-heads where you might want some more variance. So the top lineup might have um, a, a team stack with, say, a, a quarterback, a receiver, and a running back from the same team. In a 50-50, you might not want to take all on all that risk. Maybe you just want the quarterback and the running back. In a head-to-head, you might be willing to. Um, you're just basically going to be able to look for higher or lower variance lineups uh, by going through all these things and looking for these stacks and correlations. Um, sometimes the top projected uh, team will have an offense going against a defense just because a defense has a decent point projection. Uh, you probably don't want that in your cash games because that's costing you some uh, some upside. And then if you're playing multiple lineups, again, say you're playing a bunch of 50-50s, you're playing a multi-entry contest, you can save your lineups and the 444 lineup generator is going to show you exactly how much exposure you have to every single saved lineup. So now you can really dig into how much diversification you want across your lineups if you're playing multiple ones instead of just kind of blindly throwing them in there and then being all of a sudden realizing you had 100% exposure to one receiver and he sinks you. Uh, maybe you should have kept that at 65% and uh, and not blindly using those top whatever five lineups uh, keeps you from doing that. All right, anything else we need to get to here in cash before we move on to GPP? Um, I mean, I think I think we more or less covered it all. Uh, I mean, it's just, again, the the idea behind these 444 tools um, is that it's really helping you automate some of these processes and not to replace your research, but really to complement your research. And, and when you make that switch, I think that's when you really start uh, noticing a difference because you're able just to discern a lot better in your decision-making. All right, TJ, we got the rake free revolution. It's available. It's on fantasy draft rate commission management fee. You can call it whatever you want. The days of paying 10, 12, 15% of your entry fees to the house. It's over. You can play rake free on fantasy draft where you get a hundred percent of the entry fees paid out to the contest winners. Every single dollar paid in entry fees paid to the contest winners on fantasy draft. So to go to fantasy drafts, exclusive rake free contest, all you got to do is be a member fantasy draft offers membership plans suitable to all levels of play free players. First plan that allows a hundred dollars in rake free entries per month. Just got that. Just signed up for it. I'll start out with that. And then uh, as I build bankroll a little bit, I will probably or I will absolutely sign up for a membership. Um, You also have a free seven day trial on your first thousand dollars in rake free entries with the starter plan. So start playing your favorite contest rake free on Fantasy Draft. Bankroll is going to love it. Register at fantasydraft.com today. Make sure you put in the promo code four for four to receive a seven day free trial on your first thousand dollars in entry fees so it's fantasydraft.com promo code four for four to claim your free seven day trial tj gpp tools so this is really where i um i use the leverage scores a little bit more or Mm. actually a lot more for the gpp uh coming up with my with my lineups there but what are we looking to do first in our gpp and help and, and really supplement that with our tools yeah, I would say after the projections and the lineup generator, the uh, the leverage scores is probably the most important metric or tool on 444, but we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But for GPPs, the first thing that I'm looking to do is I'm looking to to build my core and then uh, base my my other values and, and favorite stacks around that core. Uh, and I think that's an important s- distinction to make because uh, there's there's basically two ways of thinking about building your 
GPP uh, lineups. We're, we're obviously looking for player diver- diversification, um, but you can. Some people will go with just a couple chalky stacks or even just a couple stacks in general and then try to hit on a bunch of contrarian plays uh i like to do it the other way where i'm building my core and then putting those cores together with however many stacks i might have five or six uh because if you hit on your core um you you basically only have to be once right uh you only have to be right once uh whatever time you're right with that core and with that uh with that stack that's when you're really going to see those big returns whereas if you just have a couple stacks and you're trying to hit on a bunch of one percent plays you have to be right seven or eight times or whatever it might be five or six times on a bunch of non-popular plays that's going to be really hard to do so understanding that distinction i think is going to take a lot of stress out of people that might look they might have the bankroll to build 150 lineups for the first time but might be very overwhelmed by it and be trying to cover all of their bases and that's where you could get into a lot of trouble so i'm not trying to hit on uh on four or five one percent plays and honestly that's not the right way to do it we we've done the math on four for four we've talked about it on podcasts talked about it on studies uh pretty consistently a lot of winning lineups have a lot of uh a lot of chalk players in in them and it's because of that process i just talked about all right so there's the start to things um and you can get to that lineup generated quickly and and yeah you could put them all in there so now i'm trying to decide which players are going to be overweight mm-hmm. on right how do i do it i mean no i'm not I'm, i know how to do it but how if someone's asked you how do you do it um you know that's the big question who should i be overweight on who should i be underweight on how do i take a left turn when everybody's going right these are the other yeah. things yeah absolutely um so after i have um kind of focused in on the the teams that i i like and the games that i like um what i want to do is is figure out not only which stacks i'm going to use but like the price range for that those stacks so if i have um uh, a couple expensive stacks a couple cheap stacks that show up in like the stack value report um then that should start giving me a, a very uh concentrated player pool um and what i'm looking for is i want to know um a player's uh, projected ownership, how much the the field is going to own them, how popular they all are, how much they should be owned, which is like an implied ownership uh, based on the chances of hitting tournament value. And then I want to see if that uh, implied ownership is higher or lower than than the field. And again, that's something that we automate at four for four with our GPP leverage scores. So say we have a situation where um, let's just use a, um, a middle of the road receiver, let's say like a Tyler Boyd um, as somebody that really popped as somebody in our core. Uh, and we want to see how much we should be using that player where if we project Tyler Boyd to be say 10% owned, but then the GPP leverage score says that uh, his implied ownership is 20%. Now we know that he should be, uh, he should be twice as high owned as the field. And then we could roll that into how much we're going to use him in our specific lineup builds. All right. So finally, when you've, you've come up with all this here, mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, setting exposure is, mm-hmm. is almost, it's just about as important as it gets when you're doing multi-entries. Yeah. You know, I've also told you, you know, I, I use the lineup opti- optimizers and stuff, but I also do things by hand now. I still do things by hand. I want to make sure every week I'm playing between three and five lineups. Sure. There's a lot of you guys very successful at the GPPs. 
you make a thousand lineups, you know, you hit it, you hit on one, boom, it pays off for, for you know, maybe the rest of the year. You can build your bankroll that way. Mm -hmm. I, I like to really narrow it down. Um, and again, I think last year, even working with you, uh, it just, my whole shift in philosophy came up and it was, it was pretty, it was pretty successful to tell you the truth. And I did use the tools a whole bunch, just in mm -hmm. different ways than we're talking for them. But these, this is a good guideline. This is a good outline for, sure. for those of you that are, have either used it and haven't been successful with it yet, or you are just starting to get into it. This is a terrific outline here. So, um, Let's use quarterback as I guess we'll get to quarterback as an example in a second. But how do you do it? How do you determine your player pool, the leverage scores, and then selecting a a, a player pool to put in there? Yeah. So I, I do want to touch on one thing um, quickly. Just uh, going back to to talking about deciding which players I should be overweight on and which players I should be underweight on, uh, especially if um, if you're somewhat new it's going to be really daunting looking at all these ownerships and all these players trying to figure out which ones you're looking for. Uh, I, I think you should really focus in on, on which players you want to be overweight on because uh, once you narrow down that core, um, you have your values, you have the stacks that you're looking for. Uh, you're naturally, you're, you're going to be underweight on theoretically hundreds of players, right? If you have 0%, you're going to be underweight on all of them. And then if you're, you're going through every single player, um, say there's seven like high priced receivers that uh, are going to be kind of equally popular you're not gonna, you don't want to sit there and try to figure out which ones you're going to be underweight and exactly how much you're going to be underweight on. It's it's not going to be wise to use all of those players in the same tier. Instead, um, maybe look for some pivots or some leverage plays. So uh, leverage plays instead of using if if uh, a receiver is going to be really popular, maybe using a second or third receiver, a tight end, maybe even the running back as a leverage play. So in the same game, uh, but you're leveraging that situation or a pivot. If a if a six thousand dollar receiver is going to be popular, looking for a, a another $6,000 receiver or $6,100 receiver to put into your core. Um, so instead of focusing on being underweight on that player, you're just naturally going to be overweight on some of those pivots or, um, or leverage plays. But, uh, once you do that, then you can, you've built out that, that core. What you can do is you start managing your exposure, um, doing this specifically by pricing tier. And again, um, four for four using the leverage scores, it, it kind of helps you automate that process. Uh, one of the, the biggest struggles I think is, when you're starting to build these lineups, let's say you are somebody that's going to play um, 150 lineups and, and maybe you have five stacks that you want to integrate into those lineups, trying to decide, am I spreading them out evenly? Um, am I if I have a favorite one, should I be using it 50% of the time? Like it, it's, it's a hard thing to figure out. Like it, it, it there is an example isn't an exact science, but uh, we, we bring it pretty close to an exact science with those leverage scores. Um, so I'll, I'll quickly try to explain that. But basically what you want to do is you want to take your core of players. Now use quarterback as an example, since you only use one of them. Um, and you want to add those leverage scores together and divide the leverage score by the leverage score sum. So let me give you an example. Let's say we have five quarterbacks with leverage scores ranging from 2.38 down to 0 0.68. Um, and those five quarterbacks have a cumulative leverage score of 6.21. Then our highest owned quarterback 
is going to be in 38% of our lineups. That's again, that's that original 2.38 leverage score divided by the total leverage score of 6.21. And if you go to um, the DFS strategy hub and click on the leverage score page, it'll show you examples of exactly how to do this. But basically it's a really quick way of taking your player pool and knowing exactly how much you want of those players in your total lineups. And, uh, to take it a step further, and this is a, a little bit advanced, but uh, you you can manually adjust uh, the the leverage score or the ownership based on on uh, how you want your uh, ranges of ownership to play out. And this actually isn't a bad idea because while we do offer exact leverage scores and uh, exact ownership percentages, at least if you're looking at the lineup generator, we actually project our ownership percentages. If you look at our ownership page as a range of ownership. So it might show up as 17.5% in the ownership, but that actually is a 15 to 20% range. So you might want to play around with those projected ownerships and see how it changes your exposure to those players. Um, and again, if you go to four for four and go to the DL FS strategy hub and look at the leverage score. It'll break all this down, but uh, it really is a good way to uh, to go through all these. And now, and we're doing this two weeks before the season starts. So if you're a sub, you have time to go in, practice with the lineup generator that already has all of the week one values in there, and really get used to this process before you're trying to do it on Saturday night at midnight. All right. So let's talk about the fundamentals real quick mm-hmm. before we. Uh, just wrap things up here. Go back to the GPP fundamentals. What are you talking it, about there? Uh, it's similar to exactly what I talked about with um, with the cash game lineup. So once we've done all these things and we've put our uh, players into the, the lineup generator, again, you don't want to go. And this is even more important with a uh, in GPPs because we're not looking uh, necessarily for the, the highest projected um uh, score here. Remember, we're taking into account things like ownership, uh, things like stacks, uh, correlations. They're uh, exponentially more important in, in GPPs than they are in cash games. So you might see a, a really low uh, projection for, for one of your favorite teams, but that's going to make sense if you're locking in like a leverage play, if you're locking in a pivot off of um, off of a really popular play that's projected really high, but you're really just looking to get that uh, that wide receiver two that's going to change the whole uh, game. That that's obviously not going to look like a, a great projection, but the uh, the fundamentals of stacking them with his uh, running back and wide receiver, or running back and quarterback, um, might be what you're going for. So once you've generated all of these lineups. You can go into the 4 for 4 lineup generator, and we call it our uh, result set. You can lock in specific stacks. You can um, avoid opposing matchups. You can start to set those exposures or at least look at your exposures, and and, uh, that's what you want to do. And You don't want to just hit the lineup generator, generate 150 lineups, and just throw those into um, a tournament. You want to go through these processes, make sure you have these stacks locked in, look at your exposures, and uh, that's how you're going to start building some, some really profitable profitable um uh gpp um portfolios all right buddy uh great show today really enjoyed you know talking about some of the tools here how do you use them and how do you apply them so you can win some money so last i want to tell you about this if you want to join the biggest nfl season long tournament ever I mean, why wouldn't you tj you're a best ball guy you love this stuff I, actually i'm hooked to draft if i'm bored this is the problem if i'm bored i'll sit there i'll hop on there and i'll do a best ball 
and it takes about 10 minutes. It's, you know, you can do a three, a three man, you can do a 12 man. It doesn't matter. And if you love fantasy football, we know you do. You got to enter the three and a half million dollar best ball championship on draft three and a half million bucks, real money, freaking huge. Here's how best ball works season long, no management. You set it, you forget it. That's it. And then hopefully at the end of the year, you win some money. So no salary caps. It's a live snake draft. No better place to play. You could draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes. So you can join one even right now. Uh, you can be a millionaire 16 weeks later. So it doesn't get any easier than that. Join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Search Draft in the app or Play Store. Go to your computer, draft.com. You can play on there. Right now, all players get a free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit. You got to use the promo code 4 for 4, though. Number 4, F-O-R, the number 4 again. 4 for 4, play a real money game for free just by using the promo code 4 for 4 in your first deposit on draft. And search draft in the app store or go to draft.com, play free with promo code 4 for 4. All right, TJ, take us out, baby. Uh if you guys want to try out some of these tools, if you want to get ready for the season, if you want to get access to uh, the most accurate projections in fantasy football, you could sign up for the DFS subscription and get 10% off by using the promo code DFSMVP. Uh, if you like what we do and you want to rep 4 for 4 even more, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Your name will automatically be entered to win one of the best t-shirts in the fantasy game. And if you want more of us, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at TJ Hernandez, Holden's at Holden Radio. Uh, he is 226 followers away from 15,000. Let's try to get him to 15,000. Maybe we'll give a T-shirt to number fifteen thousand. Ooh, yeah! I I will not sign it. I don't want right. to devalue it. We'll we'll uh yeah. Let's get him fifteen thousand, and uh, if you're lucky, fifteen thousand. Maybe uh maybe we'll hook you up with a little something. We'll do something. We will uh we'll talk to you guys next week. Shout out.